Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Michelle Williams? Michelle Williams lived in Keller, Texas, a suburb of Fort Worth. As an adult, she married and divorced two times and had a number of other lovers. She had three children by two different men. She falsely accused her husbands of mistreating her. They accused her of having extramarital affairs. Michelle lived with her three children. She was not doing well financially. She worked as a waitress, but then transitioned into working as a dancer, the kind associated with limited apparel options. In 2005, Michelle went on a date with a computer engineer named Greg Williams. Greg was successful financially, he ran a computer consulting business out of his house. He was described as a genius and earned about $800,000 a year. Greg had been married twice before and had a 14-year-old daughter named Taylor from his first marriage. Greg had a number of enemies. He was described as a narcissistic bully. During their first date, Michelle really made an impression on Greg. She performed oral sex on him. This was in public in a nightclub. It appears as though Michelle's relational style was appealing to Greg. In 2007, the couple married. Greg was exceptionally generous to Michelle. They lived in an expensive house and had two Mercedes-Benz vehicles. The couple had a daughter together named Michaela. The marriage between Michelle and Greg was largely based on BDSM-style sex. Greg was particularly interested in this activity. He even opened a club with that theme. For some reason, Greg put Michelle in charge of the couple's finances. She soon had them in a bad position, mostly due to her excessive spending. Greg was not aware of what Michelle was doing. He thought that he still had plenty of money. He was planning on building a $4.5 million mansion, which was dependent on receiving a loan from a bank. The loan should have been denied but it was approved because Michelle submitted false financial information to the bank. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. On October 13, 2011, at around 4.40 a.m., Michelle called 911. She said that someone came in the house and shot her husband in the head. The police arrived at the scene. Michelle appeared to be relaxed, 
She said that she was asleep on the couch with her daughter, Michaela when she heard a gunshot. She made her way to the master bedroom, at which time she was struck in the face by an unidentified man. She was briefly rendered unconscious. The police noticed that she had a bruise on her face. After waking up, she entered the master bedroom. She saw her husband bleeding from a gunshot wound and called 911. Here's what the police found during the course of their investigation. Greg had been shot one time when he was lying in bed. There was a gun, a spent case, and a wrench near the back door of the house. There were no fingerprints on any of the items. The gun was the weapon used to shoot Greg, and it was his firearm. It appears as though the wrench had been used to break the back sliding glass door. Whoever used the wrench was inside the house when they broke the glass. So there was no forced entry, but there was a forced exit. I guess the burglar was trying to break into the backyard. Nothing was missing from the house. The couple's daughter, Michaela, had apparently slept through the entire incident, even though she was supposed to be on the couch right next to her mother, who did wake up. Surveillance video from the area captured only one vehicle coming into the neighborhood around the time of the murder. It was a newspaper delivery person. The police were eventually able to determine that Greg was shot from a distance of one and a half feet, making it unlikely that he was the one who pulled the trigger. Within a few hours, the police confronted Michelle with the inconsistencies that had been discovered by that point. After being pressured quite a bit, Michelle changed her story. She was now saying that Greg brought an end to his own life. Upon discovering this, she wiped the fingerprints off of the gun with a blanket and cleaned up blood with Clorox wipes. She flushed the Clorox wipes down the toilet when she was done. She said the only reason she cleaned the crime scene was in order to keep the manner of Greg's death a secret from their daughter. This makes it sound like her four-year-old daughter was interested in becoming a detective. Did the daughter receive a fingerprinting kit for Christmas? It seems like a stretch to believe that the daughter was going to find out exactly what happened without being told. It would have been a lot easier for Michelle simply to keep her daughter out of the master bedroom. Michelle admitted that the bruise on her face came from striking herself with a wrench. As the investigation continued, Michelle went on with her life. She sold just about everything that Greg had owned, went on a vacation and shopping sprees, and spent time at bars. She unsuccessfully tried to collect on his life insurance policy. Michelle was arrested for murder about three months after her husband died. She was released a week later on bond. She started working at an adult entertainment club. She tampered with her ankle monitor and she started dating a bodybuilder and personal trainer named Gene Wallace. He was 12 years younger than Michelle, and at one time was the best friend of Michelle's son, Lee. When Gene started dating Michelle, Gene's friendship with Lee came to a conclusion. Michelle and Gene opened a fitness center together. She even appeared in a video promoting their business. To be fair, people often do make excuses to avoid exercising. Michelle was an inspiration. In that regard, being charged with murder is no excuse for being out of shape. The investigation into the death of Greg Williams was terrible. The crime scene and Greg's body had become contaminated due to procedural violations. The prosecution was worried about losing the case. They offered Michelle Williams a plea deal. She could plead guilty to tampering with evidence and a charge called deadly conduct. This is when a person uses a weapon irresponsibly. 
the prosecution would recommend 18 years in prison. The maximum she faced was 20 years. Michelle accepted the plea deal. Before she was sentenced, she told the court that she was pregnant with twins. She said that Jean was the father. The judge delayed the sentencing. Later, Michelle said that she had a miscarriage, so the judge put her in jail to await sentencing. Her family members questioned if Michelle was really ever pregnant at all. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. In jail, Michelle gave an interview with 48 Hours, during which she returned to her intruder story. Here's what she thought happened. The intruder came in, confronted Greg. Greg retrieved his gun, which he kept under his nightstand. The intruder took the gun out of Greg's hand and shot him with it. Michelle hinted that she may have some idea who the intruder was. Perhaps it was one of Greg's relatives. The guards who were watching her during the interview reported what she said about being not guilty. The judge confronted her. Michelle denied all responsibility for the crime. Therefore, her plea deal was revoked. She was once again facing a murder charge. The day before her trial started in September 2014, Michelle changed her story again. She declared that Greg had brought an end to his own life. Her tactic of trying to give the jury whiplash was not successful. Michelle was found guilty of murder and tampering with evidence. She was sentenced to 60 years in prison. She is eligible for parole in 30 years. Now moving to my analysis. Was Michelle Williams actually guilty of murder? Let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that she was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. Michelle Williams had a long history of manipulating men and being deceptive. Michelle was the only person capable of committing murder who was known to be in the house when Greg died. The gun that killed Greg was a foot and a half from his head when it discharged. This was probably too far for Greg to have operated the weapon himself. The gun was owned by Greg Williams. There was no forced entry. Nothing was taken from the house. Surveillance video indicated that only a newspaper delivery person entered the neighborhood at that time. Michelle Williams changed her story a few times. In one version, she admitted to destroying evidence like DNA, blood, and fingerprints, and admitted to hitting herself with a wrench. Even if one were to disregard her confession, it was clear that the scene had been cleaned. Only one person would have cleaned it. Killers that enter houses to commit murder usually don't set cleaning 
as a high priority. If for some reason they were this high in conscientiousness, they would take the weapons with them. How would the killer have gained access to Greg's gun? And why would the killer break the glass in the sliding glass door from the inside? Michelle quickly moved on with her life after Greg's death. She appeared to be highly interested in spending his money. Several other people who may have had a motive to kill Greg had alibis, including Michelle's two sons. Her nephews said that two days before Greg was killed, Michelle joked about murdering him and moving to Mexico with his insurance money. According to her son Andrew, Michelle tried to get him to frame Greg's ex-wife, Kathy Williams. Here's what she told him to do. Go to Walmart and purchase an extra-large sweater, take it to some open land, put the sweater on, and fire a pistol near it. This way, the gunshot residue would get on the sweater. He was then to place the sweater in Kathy's vehicle without damaging the vehicle. After this, he was supposed to call the authorities and leave an anonymous tip, saying that he heard Kathy Williams bragging about getting away with murdering Greg. Andrew lied to Michelle and told her he would complete the plan, but he didn't carry it out. He assumed she was having a mental breakdown. Moving to the exculpatory evidence. No physical evidence ties Michelle to the murder. No gunshot residue, no fingerprints. There are no witnesses to the murder, no video. It is technically possible that Greg is the one who fired the weapon. Greg had a number of enemies. Several people said they hated him even after they knew he was murdered. They hated him so much they weren't even afraid what the police might think when they made those statements. They were not shy about saying how bad he was. By their own admission, law enforcement did a terrible job investigating this case. Who knows what they missed? When considering all the evidence, do I think that Michelle Williams was guilty? Yes, I think she was guilty in reality and guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Her history of being deceptive and her admission that she destroyed the evidence are highly compelling. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. Michelle Williams was accustomed to getting her way with men. She had always been able to use sex to accomplish her goals, and there was never a shortage of men who were motivated by this activity. Greg Williams was highly interested in sex. It was the focal point of his life. Both Michelle and Greg were utterly despised by people who knew them. Michelle was considered unfaithful, manipulative, deceptive, self-centered, and had a sense of entitlement. Greg was considered a narcissistic bully who had an anger problem. He was vulgar and frequently put people down. He tried to make people believe that they were not good enough. Michelle was able to tolerate Greg's bad behavior because she was narcissistic herself. She didn't care what Greg thought of her. She didn't need validation from him. Her level of confidence was so high, nobody could bring her down. In a sense, Michelle and Greg lived together as a married couple but functioned independently. They used each other for what they needed, but otherwise they did not have any real emotional connection. Greg made money, Michelle spent money, and both of them liked sex. Greg was grandiose and looking forward to building his mansion. This was his narcissistic fantasy, the big payoff for all his work. He was finally going to be living the dream. He didn't realize that he only had about $28,000 in the bank because Michelle was busy living her dream. Michelle tried to prevent Greg from finding out by sending false information to the bank, but she knew that eventually he would discover her spending. She decided to kill her husband and blame an intruder. When being interviewed by the police, 
She lost confidence in her story. She realized it was not believable. Therefore, she made up another story. She was fully confident at all times that she would get away with her crime. She relied on her ability to manipulate. It had never failed her. Ultimately, however, she discovered that her ability had limits. Now moving to my final thoughts. This case was about two unlikable people that found each other. Two people that would get ahead using manipulation. Greg manipulated by being aggressive, cantankerous, and loud. Michelle manipulated by using sex. They decided to make a life together, but this became a contest of who was more self-centered, who would do more to take everything for themselves. In the end, Michelle proved that in a contest of narcissism, she was the guaranteed winner. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.